one. And we are recording with retired Lieutenant Colonel Bernie Flowers and your book, Black Values Matter, that I may or may not have gotten a shout out in. Have I made it? I think I have. I think I can wrap up the podcast now. I've made it into a book. And uh, that's uh, that's that's my ego getting flattered. But Mr. Flowers, please introduce yourself, my friend. Tommy, uh, Bernie Flowers, uh, your audience should be familiar with me. I'm a retired lieutenant colonel that's tired of corruption. And I just decided after 34 years behind the federal fence, either in the military or as in DOD, that it's time to start fighting. Um, we've got a lot of mess here. I just wrote a book, as you know, we're going to talk about it. Black Lives Matter. If you look at this thing here, I take that out to a local speaking events and there's a QR code right here and people can order it off of Amazon. I'm working on building a website. I'm even thinking about building a podcast. So I may need some advice from you. So, well, um, I could be that guy for you. I would love that. You do this for a living, man. And uh, me, I'm just that angry old soldier that's tired of people dying in Baltimore and inner, inner cities. And um, I just, you know, I ran for Congress a while back ago, didn't win. But, um, you know, you don't win generally your first time out. And uh, am I going to run again? Well, there's some people here in Howard County that think I should. So we'll see. But the bottom line is uh, just an American guy trying to do the right thing. So what, but what, what did specifically lead to this? I mean, in the book, and yeah, I'll put it in the description. It's a, it's a fairly short read. You can knock it out. You can knock it out in a day or two. But what, what did lead, lead to this aside from really, like you said, you've seen battle zones or battlefields far more hospitable than Baltimore. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is I get into Baltimore pretty often. And the reason I do that is because I've become somewhat politically active. I've got friends there and they're afraid people are losing their children. Um, also, I despise racism in all of its forms. I grew up in the South where it was prominent and, um, you know, things have gotten a lot better down there. Things have gotten a lot better in a lot of places, but racism goes both ways. You can't just say, okay, well, all black people are innocent and all white people are bad. Um, when I was in the military, I was raised in the military to believe that we had a meritocracy here. And I believe that our country should be a meritocracy. We are America and we should be together. But in order to get that point across to people, minorities included, Sometimes you got to tell some truths and you got to remind people that there is no um, specific, you know, one race that has a lock on racism. And I also believe that some people, the 1% have been using racism to turn us against each other to make profit. And I got a real problem with that. Sure. And it's, um, could you maybe go into that, explain the idea of, of of racism in in all of its forms because they're i mean the very like the very sentence you don't understand racism you're white that is racist yeah. I mean, anything based on skin color literally anything yeah. based on skin color anything a anything. anything at all what is it's they're better cookers they're better at sports or they're dumber or they're meaner or they're assholes or they're whatever it anything yeah by definition, based on a broad generalization of skin color. 
no matter what well, the characteristic is racist. Crazy. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you look in the book, I mean, there's so many examples. I just, all these things rushing through my head. But if you're familiar with the Bible, I know you are. Remember the Hebrews. They spent 500 years in captivity. Black people are not the only people that have been put into captivity and held in bondage. All right. Uh, if you look at my book, you'll hear or see a chapter where the, let's see, the British government outlawed slavery, if I'm not mistaken, in 1849 in Africa. And the Dahomey King, who were the slave catchers, the Dahomey and the Ashanti tribes, they were the dominant hegemon in West Africa 400 years ago, or up until, you know, slavery was abolished. And they petitioned the British king to continue slavery because they were going off making war on my ancestors and selling them off to the um, to the Americas and wherever they wanted to be sold to. And the issue today is that's where my ancestors come from. And these people, these hegemon people, the Dashante and the Ashanti and the uh, Dahomey, they didn't care what your color was. They didn't care. All they cared about was making money. And um, that's always been the, the case. And um, I think that racism, as we experience it today, is just a veiled attempt to make money by the 1%. They don't care about, you know, your skin color. They don't care about reparations. For example, you know, Mr. Obama, bless his heart. He um, kind of gave us the impression after running that he would, you know, give Black people reparations. Now, personally, I don't necessarily agree with reparations. I don't believe the concept. If the money comes out, I'll be happy to take it and put it in a in a in a in a four hundred one k or something like that. But the issue of the day is, as a general rule, I don't believe in it, and I think it makes us weak. But the point is that he gave people the impression, the people who supported him, that he would bring reparations. And here it is, eight years after he was elected, he never did that. And uh, the the crux of the issue is, he did an interview with uh, Bruce Springsteen in twenty twenty one. And um, Springsteen asked them, hey, um, so how do you feel about reparations? Well, while I was in office, I did nothing about it. But now I think someone should do something about reparations. I think the word duplicitous comes to mind. Mm -hmm. We've been played again. And as you know, you know, roughly maybe 90, 95% of Blacks vote Democrat. And so we're voting for our own demise in a lot of cases. And um, again, you know, everybody's biased. So I say, let's recognize those biases and as an individual, try to overcome those biases. I mean, look at me and you. We talk, we're friends, and um, we got a lot in common. I believe that we should be bonded by ideology. I believe mm -hmm. we should be bonded by that flag behind you. And um, you know, this concept of just judging someone by their skin color is not what Martin Luther King had in mind when he was taking all those um, Ashwood might say, <laughs> yeah. say it, but bottom line, that's not what he had in mind. And by the way, I have an interracial granddaughter. And so, and I was telling you about earlier before we came online about my good buddy, Vince Crab. We went to the desert together. He's my battle buddy. And he is just as white as you. Yeah. He saved my life a couple of times. So yeah. if somebody insults him, they've insulted me. Yeah. And it it does kind of seem like it's more of a, a mode of control than anything. Is at the bottom there of it all is just divide and divide and conquer. I mean, right? 
I mean, you you mentioned in the Sorry. book L- LBJ's LBJ's famous line, and like that was in the sixties. <laughs> Where are we now? It's it's been sixty years, and it's yeah. That ain't some conspiracy. That's a sitting president who said yeah, that. yeah, yeah, definitely. And and his deal was chase the male out of the household. You divide up the family, and now you get an entire generation of two generations actually. And in some cases, three of families without a male influence. Um, and and let's not forget Mr. Biden, who put so many people in jail with his 1994 crime bill. Um, and now you've got entire generations of families that don't know a male influence. You've divided up the black family. And uh, these kids are out there killing each other because they don't understand what a man is supposed to be like. There's supposed to be restraint and strength, not acting... Um, wild and out as they say and um you know there's 337 murders in baltimore last year and um we're on the way you know four o'clock in the morning there was a double murder on new year's new year's day at four in the morning and so we're well on our way to another uh 300 year a total of 300 plus murders and that's been going on for more than a decade i think 15 years and um just a lot of corruption in the inner city and somebody's got to do something about it can i fix it all not alone but we got to change the attitude. We got to change the thought process. And we got to change this idea of you don't look like me, so we can't be friends. That's bullshit. Excuse my language. Can I cuss? You can say whatever the fuck you want, dude. <laughs> I love it. What Now, what is the actual way to tackle this? And, and you know, I've been to Baltimore a handful of times, and it does seem like an act. You talked about it, you know, getting cut off in line and not going to the the restaurant and how many people missed out on a tip and the government misses out on the tax revenue. I've been a government. I've not, I've been a government. I've been a Baltimore a handful of times. I really have no intention to ever go again because I just feel like I'm always no pun intended, but like just around the corner from death. Like that's how it feels when you're there. You get the little notifications on your phone and it's like 0.7 miles away. Someone was just stabbed in the neck and you're like, I'm not fucking leaving this house. And when I do leave, it's a beeline to the highway. Is there any actual way to reform Baltimore or is it is the monster too big? I will never think the monster is too big, but there's an old saying, how do you get out of a hole? Well, the first thing you do is stop. stop digging. Yeah. And um, I can't fix it overnight, but awareness is the way to start. There's a million. Well, thousands and thousands of thousands upon good people in Baltimore that are afraid. And uh, there's an old saying, uh, keep your mouth closed in Baltimore. So when things happen, people see things all the time and uh, they don't turn it into the police because they don't turn the, they don't trust the police. And um, the police force is 800 people down. So in a city that large with 800 minus 800 police officers, there's going to be a lot of crime that goes, um, goes without seeing. And, um, can I fix it all? Well, we just got to change the attitude. And I look at, like, for instance, Marilyn Mosby. I mean, she's been, uh, you know, former state's attorney, just got voted out. Thank God for that. Um, people commit crimes and she just lets them off. Um, huge marijuana bust that the cops, you know, spend months uh, setting up and then they, they let them go. And um, she's been voted out. There's a new state's attorney. I forget his name, but let's give him a chance. I hope he has the people's best interest at heart. But it, there seems to be just a 
a malaise going on right now, not just in Baltimore, but in all the major cities in, you know, Chicago, Atlanta, New York, you name it. And um, the truth is, the way I see it, the George Soros of the world, and we know who he is, they're encouraging and giving money to these liberal defense attorneys and creating more crime. And I can tell you that, you know, I've driven through Baltimore many, many times. I'll do it again. And, uh, you know, it's routine for me to be there. But these gigantic buildings, government built buildings built by government funding for the people, and then something happens and the people can't move in. So you got homeless folks running around here in this brand new building with a beautiful facade boarded up. And um, how come that keeps happening over and over and over again? On the other hand, you've got um, over in West Baltimore, these gigantic, beautiful old townhouses that need to be renovated. And uh, they could take families as well. But some of the people that I know that are flipping houses, as they say, you know, renovating the houses themselves while they live in it, the um, Baltimore city code is Byzantine. They can't make any money off flipping these houses. So um, people are moving out and those couldn't afford to. So the tax base goes down because people don't want to go and invest in Baltimore. So, and it's not just that, it's the inner city all over the United States. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. But yet you got folks like Black Lives Matter saying it's your fault because you're white and you're different than me. And I say, I call a bullshit flag. I say, look, we got to work together. We got to give every individual the benefit of the doubt and, um, you know, this idea of just, you know, blaming somebody because they have a different skin color, that's kind of this woke nonsense that seems to be permeated by all this ESG. And a lot of people are low information voters. They don't understand the concept that corporate America is about to take us into a recession and they make money off of all this. And, you know, there's money in uh, in poverty, you know, so... I don't know if I answered your question, but the thing is, we got to change the attitude. We got to get some good people, as I say, honest people. We got to get rid of some of this corruption, and it's deeply rooted, going back to the '50s and '60s. And um, you know, folks got to reclaim their their neighborhoods one at a time. And if I can help lead, that's what I'm going to do. How do you think it keeps perpetuating, though? Like, why, why? money and poverty? Yeah. Well then, why? You mean, it, I'm just I'm just playing the devil's advocate to you. Um, if if it seems that the the powers that be or that the entrenched financial interests want it, it kind of seems like it's a like a self accelerating black hole. It is a self licking ice cream cone, and um, you know, money is being allocated from the federal government for housing and by helping these particular agencies, some of them out of state, buy these big you know apartment buildings. And the apartment buildings become, you know, free fire zones. I mean, you put a lot of people into a, a bigger, I mean, I'm sure you've like heard of the big Cabrini Green apartment building in Chicago where it was just lawless. And um, why not take those houses in West Baltimore and those townhouses and renovate them and let everybody have their own little piece of Baltimore as opposed to um, putting people in apartment buildings where people are afraid to come out because the cops don't want to go into those places once they get inside and get locked down. I mean, it becomes dark and scary and it's not a good place to raise kids, that sort of thing. But yet the, um, the real deal is these people that are in charge, these people with all the money, they want people herded into those places like that. And, um, and then it just becomes a bad place to live. 
And uh, there's a lot of good people in Baltimore that are trying to do something about it. But on the other hand, we haven't had a conservative slash Republican mayor in Baltimore since 1967. So why are we continuing to vote for our own demise? That's the problem. Now, it's easy for me to talk. I live in Howard County, which is somewhat semi-rural. I'm 20 minutes away from uh, Baltimore. Uh, Howard County is one of the most affluent neighborhoods in the entire United States. It ran, you know, you know, belt rate community around the Pentagon. Okay, got it. And we were able to afford that, but that doesn't make me less responsible for my fellow man. And um, the, America has been very good to me. And now it's time to give back. And I've chosen to do that. And when I talk about this book, if anybody reads it, and a few people have bought it, I've gotten a lot of good five-star reviews on Amazon. I think I've hit a nerve and I'm not the only one. I mean, people, I was out, you know, um, I go out to these various speeches and various clubs and and uh, I've done about three or four of them so far and I've gotten a lot of positive responses. Did I answer your question? You have. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just, I'm, in, I'm sorry. I'm enjoying listening to you talk. Um, well, this is what I'm passionate about, man. I tell you, um, having seen what I saw and when I see 200 well, $100 billion that we count so far going to making war off in, a, in, the, in the Ukraine, killing people who haven't done anything to us. Yeah, the Russians are taking over. That's terrible. But, you know, we could have solved this without, you know, spending all this money on these weapons. More importantly, a lot of the weapons end up not being used for what they were paid for. They end up in Africa and South America. And we will see those weapons. We'll be on the bad side of them again. Um, I don't know if I told you the story of I'm in Afghanistan and then I'm in a helicopter and um, got shot at by a sand that was um, that was held by the Mujahideen from 1976. So they held on to that weapon and almost killed me. And that's when I started waking up and uh, starting to see that, you know, those people at the top of the food chain, they make money off war. War is the most mm -hmm. profitable thing that we have. And it's got to, you know, we, we need to be very careful about going to war and killing off people's children. And, um, you know, we can do better. And um, making these defense contractors rich is not what I'm into. We can do better. What is the realistic way to, because these are all things I agree with. And I, th I think I've just kind of become jaded over a thousand plus episodes of these where my mind is almost like, like what can be done? And it, and it is, I guess, sort of a defeatist attitude that I shouldn't have. But I don't know. It just, it seems like we're looking up at Titans just kind of playing amongst the stars, like a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine. But like, like what in God's name can I actually, can I actually do? And whereas you were, you were involved with all of this. Like you have a little more, not a little more, you have a much greater understanding of the inner workings of this than I do. I guess, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a bit of a pessimist today. Don't be a pessimist. I mean, the bottom line is that I understand your concern and I'm just as cynical as you are. Trust me. Uh, I've seen it from the inside. Um, when I was at, DHS, the thing that pushed me over the edge was seeing these 3,000 people coming across the border and our um, administration acting like it was a good thing and our border patrol being maligned. Uh, these are good people down there trying to do the job. And uh, the folks at DHS at the senior level and at the White House just basically said, hey, you know, um, we'll take as many of these folks want to come across and they weren't being checked for uh, these 
COVID and all that sort of stuff. So it just seemed like some sort of corporate corporate nightmare. And um, I just felt like I needed to do something about it with the the background that I had. But, you know, don't be cynical. I mean, well, don't be, don't think that nothing can be done. We still have good people and votes do actually count. And, uh, but folks need to get involved. Um, I just, uh, not just me, but me and a crew of ours, uh, we just started committing to Charm City Incorporated. And, you know, it's not a 501c3. We're not here to just raise money. It's what I call a 527. I don't understand it all, but the idea is that we're not trying to raise money. What we're trying to do is audit corporate laws in Baltimore. And there's a lot of laws in place that aren't benefiting the people. And we need to expose those things. I mean, for example, did you know that there was a water crisis in Baltimore just recently? Yeah. Right there where I was talking about in West West Baltimore and E. coli, uh, an e. Coli, e. coli outbreak. And the issue was that um, it was the federal government that found it. And so the people that the poorest people in Baltimore were the ones who were the suffering, suffering the most because they couldn't, they were under a boiled water alert. And um, mm. that's happening um, in Flint, Michigan. It happened in Jackson, Mississippi, but specifically here, you know, the federal, the, 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 um, the Baltimore city government should have done something about that. And, um, you know, we wonder why some people wild out, you know, if you're drinking contaminated tap water, you might be a little angry. If you got access to a weapon, it might cause a problem, but you got to put these things together. But the thing is that we just, as a whole, uh, the inner city is being failed by the administration, but the people there keep voting for the same Democrats that seem to not care. And um, Catherine Pugh, for example, she was mayor two mayors ago, and she went to jail for three years for corruption. Um, Sheila Dixon, uh, she almost went to jail for corruption. Uh, Stephanie Rawlings Blake, um, she, that had the, uh, the, the Freddie Gray thing happen. Yeah, I recognize, I recognize that name. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't run again. And, um, you know, the bottom line is, okay, can we get some people in there that mean what they say? I mean, it's not about just getting in and enriching, enriching yourself. Um, we got to figure out a way to get some folks in that are going to do what they say do. And whether they're Democrat, Republican, you know, I don't care. Let's just get some honest people in there. And everybody goes in with good intentions. But, you know, for example, the current mayor, um, um, what's his name? <laughs> it's forgettable. But the bottom line is he made a whole lot of campaign promises about reducing crime in Baltimore. And what he did was reduce the number of police officers in Baltimore. And um, that hasn't worked very well. And I mentioned a lot of it in the book. But we got to band together. We got to get. We need to get more people involved in in the municipal government. More people, good candidates. More more folks. Um, you know, being informed voters. Everybody can't run for Congress. Everybody can't run for mayor. But don't get your news from Oprah and what do you call it? Uh, the View. You know, and a lot of people do. And if, uh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, could could you maybe uh. I didn't mean to cut you. I think we've got a bit of a delay because of the uh, the snowstorm. There's a uh, the weather has the nerve to do a snowstorm while I'm doing oh, a yeah. podcast. It's I know it's I don't. It's a lack of respect is what it is. Um, could oh. you? It's a total. It's a spit in my face. But um, so I apologize. So we have we have a bit of the, of a delay. So if it looks like I'm cutting you off, that's why. Um, could you? Technology has limitations. 
could you elaborate a little more on the the corporate laws that you're auditing that i don't know why that just kind of caught a caught a, a spark in my mind well the truth is that we haven't started we just had our first meeting um on saturday and, and i'm no lawyer but what i do look at as a as a as an operator you know a military operator i look at the outside i look at the the output and again when kids are being shot in the street when we have 300 plus murders for you know 15 straight years where people are i've seen open air drug markets um i've seen you know i mentioned in the book about you know every saturday you go over to fells point and these guys are riding around 50 deep on motorcycles and they're running through traffic lights as if they don't exist and um there's not enough cops to do anything about it so there has to be some legal way to stop this and there has to be some legal way to mandate the number of police officers in the metro city. You know, you can't just fire people because you know you don't like cops. And then folks don't always understand that in order to maintain law and order, you have to have bodies on the street. And um, you know, a lot of these cops are driving ten-year-old vehicles. There should be some mandates to say, okay, we're going to spend money on X, Y, Z, and we're going to take care of basic security first. And uh, I don't know exactly what the mayor of Baltimore is thinking, but the people are not happy. And um, I live in Howard County. Um, I get it. I'm 20 minutes away. But a lot of the crime that comes into the state, you know, kind of uses Baltimore as a base, you know, and then fans out to the rest of the state. So if we can clean things up there, um, we might have a better chance of making life better for some of the people who live there. This is kind of, a, I guess, a simplistic answer, but I mean, is the answer almost just to like ramp up the police force? I mean, because it it seems that that almost kind of seems like a game of whack a mole. Like, well, yeah, if you start using force, then you're going to give people a legitimate reason to hate the police, you know. Whereas now, it kind of seems to be some a bunch of you know a bunch of commie motherfuckers just you know defund the police and collapse cities. But on the other end, like you also can't. You, you can't keep like a, a liberty loving society in bounds by, an, you know, by a police state, by a bunch of SWAT teams riding around in MRAPs. Like we're not in occupied territory, but I totally is, agree with you. Like, what is there to do? My simplistic, I guess, one track mind is like, there is a problem, beat the problem, you know, like roll in the cops, like roll. But that also doesn't, you can't, that's, that's the fine line between like a free society and a safe society is like, by that logic, we should have SWAT teams and National Guards on every on every street corner of the country. But now you have a police state and now you have a much bigger problem. You don't have low level crime, but now you have a top down dictatorship that you'll never break free from because they have a seven hundred billion dollar budget. So what is there to what? Not that you have the crystal ball and I know I'm just throwing impossible questions to you. I might as well also ask you what's the purpose of life and what happened before the Big Bang. But like. What is there to do about this? Aside from just my answer is, yeah, roll and roll and just quintuple the police force. But that can't be the well, answer because there's no way that someone else hasn't thought of that. And it's not the answer. You can't just it works. It works for like establishing a green zone around the embassy in Baghdad. But that's not seen, that's not America. We have seen. You know, first of all, a great man once said a, 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 a functioning 
democracy requires an educated populace. Yes. So we're dumbing down people and they don't know anything any better. Second, as a as an as a military person who spent time overseas, I don't want to see um cops rolling around with the MRAPs. I don't yeah. want to see civil liber- liberties taken away. But this was, you know, 30 years in the making. Um Lyndon Baines Johnson, again, dividing up the nuclear family. And you know, you don't have to have cops when you got a man in the house, a real one. Sure. So when your family's together, and so you got these guys running around here. Imagine a big husky guy like yourself. Um, if you haven't had a male influence, you don't know the concept of restraint. You don't understand that you can't just swing on somebody when you have, um, when you become angry. Yeah. And so next thing you know, you've got these young men who don't know how to be men. Uh, they are quick triggered. They're quick to haul off on somebody. And next thing you know, people are dying because of lack of supervision. And or you, or you're in, in, or you're in jail. You never grew up and had a, a father that pushed back. You've been pushing around your yes. mom. I know me and my three brothers certainly pushed back against my mom. And when push came to shove, dad came in and then it was just, you know, he just, he just laid waste and we all, you know, the, yep. the, the power was established. There was a hierarchy. If you don't have that, Best case scenario, you're going to swing on someone and you're going to hurt someone else. Worst case scenario or vice versa, the state is going to act out against you and you're just, you know, you're, you're hothead. If I didn't have my dad to put me in line, I absolutely would have just acted out when I got to college. And then the cops would have arrested me and they wouldn't give a fuck about my, oh, I never had a father for you. You don't give a shit. You just broke into this house. You're going to jail. All of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden. State's going to discipline. Yeah, it's coming one way or another. There you have it. And so we've led Lyndon Johnson and his merry band of social engineers have led an assault on the nuclear family. And um, now, somehow, some way, we got to get that back. And um, that's my, you know, that's a starting solution to this whole thing. Set the example one house at a time. And um, I'm not perfect, but I can say that I'm. My children are reflective of how I raised them. They've done well, you know, they're not in the house and, uh, you know, they got their own jobs doing their own thing. And and that's what you want. Everybody doesn't have to be a PhD, but if you can just be self-sufficient, that's great. And America needs people to be self-sufficient. They need people to, to do things. But this concept of wilding out and staying in your mom's basement until you're 40 uh, and arguing with your parents that's not going to leave us with a good society in the future. And um, the demographics are against us. And, um, you know, uh, we just got to do better. And just, you, you, you know, hearts and minds, that's what we're after. Just like in the military, um, at some point, if you can convince people to do things, the, or at least the way we want them to do them, you don't have to fight them. Hmm. And um, again, this family's three, four generations deep in the city, that are, you know, still living off Lyndon Baines Johnson's great society programs, and they just simply haven't worked. And we've got to acknowledge that the system is not working for us and change it. And um, I'm an advocate for that. Let's make some changes. Kind of like that quote about uh, dieting and working out. You can either suffer the pain of discipline or suffer the pain of regret. But either way, you're suffering. Choose which one you want. But you're suffering either way, so you might as well do the one that gets something out of it. It's uh, there you go. 
yeah, you 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 have the the iron fist of a father figure in one form or another. It's yeah. not, and if the entire country doesn't have one, well, then you have it in the form of another country that comes and runs the table on you. You know, another thing I wanted to bring up is the concept of victimhood. Our modern society, go back to um, Lyndon Johnson, go back to this woke ESG stuff. The um, the deal is that we're teaching our children to be victims and mm-hmm. that somebody else is supposed to fix things. And at some point, as an adult, you got to learn that you got to be self-sufficient. I mean, look at you. You're what, 32, 31? 32. And uh, you're doing everything. You got a nationally you know, broadcast podcast thing that I'm very, very proud to be a part of. And uh, people know your name. And um, some of the people that have been on your podcast, like Dr. McCullough, I mean, who gets in as a guest? You know, wow. That's the first time I'd ever heard of you. And it was because <laughs> of him. Oh, all right. I was like, that's pretty cool. And so um, you're out here doing it. So why are we not stressing to our young people, go out there and make your own destiny? Go West, young man, as they say. Hmm. And um, I took my turn to go in the military and and I became a better person for it. And uh, now I can sit here on your podcast and pontificate, but I am not going to stop there. I'm going to get out and try to make my version of America work and, and, and try to bring some people along with me. And um, that's why I ran for Congress. Um, I was out last week at one of the Republican events and trying to recover the Republican party and people saying, Hey, you should do this again. You know, and if I can raise enough money, because this is what this book is all about. Um, I don't want to be beholding to some special interest. Who's going to write me a check. Cause once they do that, they you're get done. behind you. Yeah. You're done. Say goodbye to your soul. Yeah goodbye to your soul and i kind of like my soul so my way is writing this book and trying to get a few people to buy it and, and if we can get you know enough uh, momentum going maybe we can make a run and, and it's not just being a republican i'm a conservative and i think conservatives are what makes this country work whether they be democrats independents or whatever i mean this whole drag queen story time for example how is it that grown men can walk into a library or a school and talk about sexual things with kids and we let them do that that's not conservatism where i'm coming from and i'm going to do everything that i can to bring that to a halt but um we got to pay attention because we are being attacked from those who want to damage our society and i can tell you that um you know tiktok owned by a a chinese company and uh, they in turn work for the chinese government they are not our friends they're trying to destroy us. They can't beat us militarily, so they'll beat us through information operations. And a lot of people don't understand that, but I do, and you do too. I think you do need to start a podcast. I really do because uh, you. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm being dead serious, right? Because there's only so much you can say in a book. You can only depend on so many people to read a book. And from what you're speaking from, is you're not right. Like it or not, no one's going to want to listen to me, uh, a white guy who's never lived in Baltimore, pontificating about the problems in Baltimore, right? You just Why, why would you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't want. Because wouldn't, you're smart and well-read. But I wouldn't want to listen to me talking about something I know nothing about, right? But you are obviously a black guy. You have served in the military. You have taken responsibility for your life, and you have lived and continued to go through Baltimore. 
I think you need to start a podcast because there's really only so much you can say in a book. There's really only so much you can, and then even on my show, sure, you can come on my show, but then, but there's only so much you can say in that amount of time. And then there's the constraints of, well, you're on for an hour and you're scheduling it and you're, and, you know, you're subject to my whims. And again, even then you start to get these constraints about, well, I got to get it all out in this hour, not just you, but any guest, right? You have, you have this block of time on this show. I got to get it out versus when it's my show, I can just put my feet up and like, I can walk out any idea I want. And if I don't get the idea out today, I can walk it out a little farther tomorrow. And it might take a week. It might take a year. And I can thread it through as many shows as I want to, and I can flesh it out and polish it and deliver it. But that's a luxury I have because it's my show and I can do whatever the fuck I want, whenever the fuck I want. Right. Even that, even the, even the, the decision to just say, I'm just dropping F bombs this episode. I can just, it's mine to make my, what I want. I think you should start your own because in the process of, of fleshing these ideas out and thinking aloud, you will actually start to reach other levels of ideas that you didn't even know you had, but it's only by starting to like, you have this idea in your mind of I'm going to talk about an apple. I really want to talk about this apple. And then you do a show and you finally start talking about the apple. And as you're talking about the apple, you're also talking about that, about the plate that the apple's sitting on. And when you're like, well, hold on. And you start talking about plates and then you're like, then you start talking about the dishwasher. Then you start talking about like the history of plates and porcelain in China. And you, you go down this whole rabbit hole of elaborating what's really on your mind. And you can often only do that like anything through repetition and through like a, a thorough, thorough unfolding of it. So that that's my pitch to you for why you should start a show, because there's something that you want to get out that I think you have maybe, and this is all obviously my humble opinion that you have maybe just started to scratch the surface of, and you've put it into your book and, you know, we, we broach it on the, on when you come on my podcast, but even that's limited to what you've been on here five, six times, like make your own thing and it will, it will unfold and you will more eloquently and more efficiently verbalize what's really on your mind. Does that make sense? Or am I just screaming like a maniac? Tommy, if you will advise me, I'm dead serious about it. I will um, advise you. I will I, be your advisor. I will you I will I will drag you right down into the pits with me. <laughs> well, brother, I appreciate it. I'll, let's shake hands on that one, man. But bottom line is I really, really, really gotta figure out a way to improve the area. I mean, we just got skunked here in Maryland as far as pol politics are concerned. The Republicans lost badly. I will say that, you know. They didn't play fairly the, on the Republican side. They put in somebody against me. You know, I was running in uh, Carroll County and um, doing well. And um, the Republican Party establishment decided that I wasn't their guy. So they put in not only one, but like four candidates in, you know, and, yeah. and, and we all lost to Dutch Ruppersberger. We got skunked. We got like 30 percent of the vote. And um, I was at one of the Republican clubs back in December. And this lady walked up to me, one of the officers, and she said, Bernie, you could have won this if our establishment had gotten behind you. You got all the right credentials and you got the right bearing and they got the head up their ass. And, and this is a woman talking to me. I, you know, 
Um, I didn't know her that well, but I know her well enough to know that she was one of the um, the stalwarts of the party. And, um, you know, in the meantime, we ended up with a losing the several sleep, several uh, legislature seats. And now we got a Democrat governor who is going to raise taxes on us. And um, I know he's got some ties to BlackRock and that sort of thing. And most people don't even know what BlackRock is. So um, it's uh, it's not a good situation, but we got to keep the fight up. And uh, I believe that voting helps. I believe that you can still win, but folks have got to get smart. And um, I'm not saying that you got to be the, the the staunch Republican or anything like that, but we got to protect our kids. We got to protect our schools. Um, if we don't bring our children up the right way, America is doomed. And um, I see a lot of negative things happening in the school board, uh, a lot of things happening, um, you know, in the in the school system that we should be guarding against rather than allowing. I mean, there's school, what was this, this book called uh, Gender Queer? I don't know if you're familiar with that. But basically teaching kids, you can look it up on Amazon. The term is gender queer and teaching kids how to do its sexual stuff. I mean, not heterosexual stuff, it's porn, you know? And, um, you know, there, there's a place for that among adults, but we should not be sexualizing our children. And conservatives should be in the business of protecting our children from being sexualized. And that's stuff that I'm passionate about. I, I probably sound like um, I'm angry. Maybe I am just a little angry. Uh, how did we get to this point where our kids can go, can't go to school without being uh, groomed? And, um, and a lot of people just send their kids to school and they just say, well, the, uh, their education is the teacher's fault. Well, there is a, uh, a need for people to be involved. And um, here in Howard County, we don't have so much of a problem with that. People are involved. They get involved with the school board, that sort of thing. Great. But in Baltimore and some of the less affluent areas, not so much. And um, things are a little bit tougher because people got to work a little harder. They're not running around, you know, with these six-figure jobs and such. They may have to have two jobs in order to make ends meet. But in the meantime, the kids are not getting everything that they need. So it just kind of, it's kind of like a vice. Uh, you, you're uh, being squeezed from both sides. And uh, we need to give these people some help. They're trying, but they're being squeezed. And, um, you know, the... the um, if I'm not mistaken, there was like a $10 million uh, deficit in the Baltimore City school system where they did an audit and, the, and there was $10 million missing. And um, how can you run a school system where money is missing? And, and it just gets complicated. I don't know if we have time to explain all of this, but it was in the Baltimore paper. I could send you uh, the, the results of the audit done by the state auditor. And um, most people know nothing about that here. And it's happening all over America. And uh, there's just a lot of people that are getting the short end of the stick. And uh, I just wanted to you know, try to make things as fair as possible for everyone. And uh, another thing, I know I'm talking fast. No, no, keep I'm not going. Keep but going. Um, you know, the money should follow the, the kid, the term school choice, um, the school boards, in most of these areas, most of the liberal school boards are totally against school choice. And I think that parents should be able to say, take that, let's say $22,000 per year that is being um, allocated to the school system for each student and take that money and, and send it to, where, to the school of their choice for the kid to get the education. If one school is failing, then 
take the responsibility to take your other kid to another place, but make sure that that money follows them. And oh, yeah. um, competition is a good thing when it comes to schools. I think, again, this is why you need to start a show is even something like them flooding the field with a bunch of other candidates. That's, you you know, you that's being forced to play on their field versus yeah. you, you can kind of almost do extra credit work, if you will. You can just go build your own platform. You know, like that's the reason why like the powers that be hate Rogan so much because he's not beholden to anyone. He's not on a network. He's just fucking talking oh, where he wants to. Yeah. And it's like, he's my second favorite podcast. Yeah. That's, oh, stop it. But, uh, that is something that you can do is you can kind of just hold a middle finger up and just build your own platform and you can garner your own audience and you're not, you don't have to take like the sanctioned podium. The, the, you don't have to go work within their systems. You can just say, fuck you and talk about whatever you want. And, you know, if it's the popular idea, then people will follow you. And like, you don't need to worry about whether or not the system gets behind you, whether or not the GOP establishment gets behind you or Denver, whatever you want to run it. It's you can, you can go out and I mean, it really is sort of like a, like a meta manifestation of everything you're talking about of, you know, taking the reins on your own, building your own thing, learning it as you go. It's a baptism by fire. You got to figure out how to use a webcam and a microphone and a, you find guests and you get better and the early episodes are just, you know, clunky and awkward, but you, you work it out and you smooth it out. It is sort of a kind of putting your money where your mouth is. I think you should do it because you can circumvent all of these gatekeepers. You talk about the things you want to talk about. And then, you know, instead of telling, telling me about school systems and auditors, what you do is you, you find whoever wrote that article. And then you interview the yeah. investigator or you go find someone that actually works in one of these apartment buildings and they find it and they show it to people. You can get the actual people on the ground. Like that's what I do. When I want to talk about something, I don't run my stupid mouth about it. I go and I get someone that's directly involved with it. I go get a Delta force guy or a doctor or whatever. I don't know how you get all these guests, but you get, you just send them emails. That's how you do it. Yeah. You Google their name. And then you add this two words, contact information. Once you find it, about one in 20 will respond to you. 19 will just say fuck off or they just won't reply. But then you get them on and you build up a library and it starts to hold its own weight. And then as you get the library bigger and bigger, your your yes rate goes up. It's, 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 it's very quite easy. I, I'm not kidding. Anyone can do it. I've been doing it for three years now but it only looks like I know what I'm doing because I've been doing it for three years, but it's three years of making shit up and faking it every single day until one day it appears that I know what I'm doing. Well, I think I'm going to copy what you're doing because I really, really feel passionate about this. Do it. And uh, it's a, as they say, broadcast, you're mass communicating and um, yeah. you're putting people's dreams out there and giving them a chance to respond. So yeah, I like what you're doing. And uh, now that I'm retired, I got, you got, no you got no excuses. You got no excuses. And you're friends yeah. with me. I can fucking, I'll walk you right That's through. I, oh, I, I like the sound of it. I learned this shit by, by just, just trial and, and, and painful error. You didn't even have yeah. to do that. I'll, I'll walk you through it. 
and then but no but that's the other it's like what's the most like you 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 gave political speeches right there's a limit to the number of people that you talk to right they're at, you know, you're at a restaurant or a fucking what country club or some shit talking to people there's a limit to that there's no limit to this right this episode might get 10 views it might get a thousand yeah i've yeah. seen i've seen and i watch you and um the other guy not mccullough but the other doctor that you talked to the other day yeah 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 those guys are awesome and you know being an angry unvaccinated person like i am you're singing music to my ears you know and um you know what i went to you know the 18th of january was my anniversary from leaving the federal government and um it feels good i almost feel somewhat justified because i didn't take the vax and they were pushing and prodding and all this sort of stuff trying to get me to do it and i that was a factor in me leaving i walked away from a gang of money and a gang of power and a really nice office do i miss those things not enough to not having left because now these people who have taken the vaccine are somewhat speechless they're they're yeah man that guy that that football player the other day 22 years old and takes he didn't even take a hard hit and uh we're going to see a whole lot more of that and a lot of that is not being um being broadcast so you know i don't want to make anybody angry or anything like that but pharma big pharma and big tech and all these people are making all this money and you know they really didn't go through the normal process for vaccine trials so you know, I took my risk and I'm still here to tell the story. I didn't die. Imagine that. Shocking. Yeah, they don't give a fuck about you. I don't know why. I don't know why anyone in their right mind thinks that the corporate greed that we have known factually exists for hundreds of years. There's just like a form of amnesia that just started two years ago that said, now it's not here anymore. Well, if you notice, all the television advertisements are from. Pfizer. Paid for by Pfizer. Paid for by Pfizer. Brought to you by Pfizer. And as I remember, five years ago, they got they had to settle the largest corporate the lawsuit. biggest pharma law or pharma lawsuit. Yeah, three point two billion. And we trust these people. These, but the, the people that are pushing it harder than it's it's fucking bewildering because the people that are pushing it harder than anyone else are the same people that twelve years ago were occupying Wall Street. Rightfully so, yeah. because there was a bunch of wealth aggregated in the hands of a tiny few. When did it become yeah, a yeah. liberal idea to defend the state? I thought, what happened to don't trust anyone over 30? Turn on, tune in, yeah. drop out, take some acid. What happened to that? Well, now it's like the Gestapo knows best. Yeah, I question everything. Nobody gets a pass in my world. And if you notice, that from, I'm not mistaken, uh, last week was the, the, the week of Davos. So they're over here making corporate decisions on our lives, and most people don't even know what Davos is. Yeah, absolutely crazy. You know, I remember uh, it was Rebel News. They they accosted, well, maybe accosted. They put a microphone in the face of one of the Pfizer corporate people, and the guy literally CEO, ran from uh, Albert Berla. Yeah, the CEO of Pfizer. Yeah, you know these people. Yeah. And so the issue of the day is that why are we not more skeptical? Why are people just letting this go? I'm not one to just let things go, and I don't think you are either. So maybe I need to start that podcast. Start it, and but and then there's like a there's like a moment. There, there not a moment, but there is a process of truth. If mm-hmm. if people agree with what you're saying and they see your point of view, 
or maybe they don't agree with it, but they hear you out and go, you know, all right, well, he seems at least to be a rational enough guy, right? They could make a compromise with you. Then you'll get the following, and that will be your mandate to run. And if, like, the reason I keep doing this is because more and more people watch and more and more people agree with it. Oh, if, no one, if no one watched it and no one agreed with it, I would be like, oh, I really am a minority, in which case, A, I'm either wrong or B, everyone else is wrong. But either way, clearly, no one wants to hear this shit, so I'll just go do something else. But if people hear it and they like it, then that's sort of like your mandate to keep going and do more of it. So if people hear you, then there's you're like, oh, so it's still worth fighting for. And if no one's on board with you, then you're like, oh, this place is fucked. I don't know. Take care of your own. Take care of your family and, you know, your wife and kids. Like, that's my logic behind it. And I keep going because more and more people watch it and I get overwhelmingly positive feedback. So that's like my right. sign to keep going. Right. So it, 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 well, kind of, I, I it erases the gray area. Yeah, I mean, we people need leaders. You're a leader. You're an influencer. And I like to think of myself that way. My intention is, you know, get rid of some of this corruption. And we got to bring a light to that. I mean, the best disinfectant is sunlight. And we got to bring some of the sunlight to this corruption. And that's the only way I know how to do it. So podcasting would be a good tool for me, I think. I think you should start. It truly just start. It's a you're going to fumble and stumble your way in the beginning and it's going to be awkward and clunky. But if you stick to it, it you flush it out and it becomes smooth. First thing you got to do is get me a cool American flag like what you got. That's like a Walmart flag I got like six years ago. You can go get any flag. Yeah. Just start with great. Thank you. You just start with start with literally start with whatever camera you're using right now. Just whatever computer mm-hmm. webcam you're using right now. And as it gets bigger, move on. You can invest more money and buy better shit. It's it really is. You have access to the internet. That's all you need. Like it's there's no barrier to entry. Just start. I like it. Especially like if it. you want to, you know, if you're going to run for office again. I can't imagine myself. I I have no I have no desire to ever run for office. But if I did, I the. You almost have to start your own thing, because otherwise you're yeah. you're subject to all the other gatekeepers or welcome to this show or you're on this platform, but you gotta, no, you just start your own thing. You sh- this is just the equivalent of being like your own crazy person screaming in like the town square. <laughs> just- well, let me ask you being that you're a professional in this thing, this thing with Steven Crowder and uh, what's his name? Um, ben Shapiro. What's going on there? Do you have any idea? I don't even know that there's a thing going on. Well, from what I understand, um, I know both those names. Is there a thing going? Oh, let me Google it. Well, they're both conservative pundits, and um, somebody offered somebody else some money to join in. I think it was uh, Ben offered Crowder some stuff, and Crowder said it was slave wages, and now they're throwing slunt, throwing barbs at each other. And um, you know, it was pretty interesting to, to listen to. But I don't understand it all deeply. But um, I just figured you would know since, you know, and you're in that, you're in that circle. Ben Shapiro, Stephen Crowder, Pete Dunwald, Clash Over. Oh, this is probably all fucking fabricated. <laughs> right. Well, the, a scandal is always right. It's in, in music and anything. It's always good to have a 
unless it's a legitimate beef of like people that hate, they're both, yeah, Ben Shapiro and Crowder, they both have their own conservative media. This is all horseshit. That's my two cents. <laughs> That's, this is horseshit. The very fact that you and I are now talking about it, and I Googled it in every news article, is that, this is free PR. See, they're smarter than Absolutely. me. Because I'm trying to have there genuine discussions. What I should be doing is starting beef with Bernie. I should have you on here and be like, so why are you a white supremacist? And you're like, what the fuck? Like, that's what would get views. But instead, I have the gall to try to have a rational conversation like a dipshit. I should be out here. Scre- oh. I should be starting shit. I should be saying that Ben Shapiro bombed my house last night and Steven Crowder killed my dog. That's what I should be doing. Why do it- people love activity so much? Why do they? I don't know. It's 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 our it's our it's our chimpanzee reptilian mind. It's we want from the vast majority of the history of man, we've just been living boring lives, just gathering wheat and starting fires. And then someone comes in, they're like, "Did you hear Sheila cheated on Bill?" And you're like, "OMG!" But our minds are still wired for it. So we're in this hyper advanced world with with seven forty sevens and Uber Eats and microphones and Xboxes, but we still have these. Just dipshit brains that are like ooh, ooh, ah, ah, drama, drama, and that's what it is, and that's what they're doing. They're plugging into it, and that's why Bernie, they are getting eight-figure checks, and I am stuck in a bedroom screaming at a camera. They should your be your tutors, coming. not me. Your money's coming, trust me. But I just figured that uh, you would know the, the real skinny, and you just explained it to me. It's all bullshit. I have no idea what's going on. I, I will look into it after this because now, because I am a stupid, I am a stupid chimp. Now I'm interested. Don't fall, Don't fall now, for it. Now I'm like, what's it's going on? Why are they mad at each other? What What is this? All the while, not paying attention to the tenth of a trillion dollars going in black weapons to Ukraine, which is just ending up in other war torn nations. Stephen Crowder, yeah, Ben that, Shapiro, angry. We are yeah, falling for it. That, we're, fa- it. we're falling for the bread and circus, Bernie. Don't do it. Yep. I should know better. I should know better. You brought it up on my show. You're an agent of them, aren't you? You brought this shit up on my show. You're sidetracking it. You bastard. Look at me. The whole whole book is bullshit. This was a Trojan horse to get on here, and you got a check from Shapiro, didn't you? Ah, don't know him yet. You motherfucker. Don't know him yet. I should have smelled you a mile away. No, it's... I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's something real. I don't know. But I do know that. I don't know, man. They were throwing mud at each other, and I was thinking these guys were the new conservatives, and, you know, they're full of shit just like anybody else. I do know that whenever there's drama, like warfare, making money, there is is, somebody's cashing in on this. We think it's conflict. I guarantee you they're looking at all their metrics, they're tracking their views, their clicks, their... I guarantee you, they they're noticing a little bit of a a, a feud bump in their profits. Everybody they're they're pocketing some extra greenbacks. I'm not making shit. Them. I'm not making shit. I should be emailing them saying I will take sides. I will be a mercenary in this war of drama. Give me a page. Throw some shit at them. There you go. Throw some Don't money at them. me. I will accuse. I will accuse. I will make false rape accusations. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you're funny man that's why i like being on this show we can just shoot the shit if you were here having a beer with me we'd have the same conversation we had that's that well that is i guess what i do like about this is there is no like 
And we're here with today with Bertie Flowers talking about his new... No, it's, it starts with a serious conversation about crime in Baltimore and it ends with me accusing Steven Crowder of raping me. It's because this is what we're talking about. It's the same shit whether or not the camera's on or off. And that is... That is what I do have, though, is like I can go to bed knowing that I'm... On like a more serious note, I, I can go to bed knowing that I'm me, that there is no... Yeah. You didn't step you know. up. And that's why I'm, you know, like I said, back to the book. That's why I'm doing this, selling this book, because I don't want to sell out, man. People have real estate developers have already sniffed me out and said, hey, they're expecting me to run again. People, hey, come, let's let's have lunch. And no, we're not going to have lunch. I'm not interested in selling out. Um, I got a mission. And, you know, 100 years from now, all this won't matter. But I will know that I did the right thing. That's That's important. Well, that's the very end thing is we're all fucking dead anyway. So, you know, what footprint do you want to leave on this planet? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, um, yeah. hey, Bernie, with that, let's wrap this one up. Um, Guys, go get the book. I'll put it in the description. I'll put your website, your social media, all that good stuff in the description. Bernie, closing thoughts. First of all, thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for putting up with my dauntless crusader personality. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm not going to stop. And uh, there's a lot more out here like me. Uh, my boy, Vince Crabb, I put you in the same category. There's a bunch of good conservative people, whether they're Republicans or Democrats or independents. We got to forget about all these labels and just go out and do what's right for the American people. And that's what I'm all about. And I know you're the same way. Hell yeah, brother. Lieutenant Colonel Bernie Flowers, the book Black Values Matter will be in the description. Go check them out. Go read the book. It's a short book. You can knock it out. Pick it up from Amazon. It's Pick all it good. Up. Give Bernie some money. Don't don't give any money to Shapiro and Crowder. They've got a fuck enough. Go give some money to Bernie. Or better yet, give some to me. Yeah. I don't even have a book, but go give some to me. You should I, write a book on podcasting. I'll write a book on podcasting. Just, yeah, give me money. Here's my Venmo address at the end. Um, All right, Bernie. We got to wrap this bitch up. Thank you so much, sir. God bless America. Much love, Bernie. Till next time, my friend. Take care.